Bushy Road and Stardom are on a direction. And they are looking to market to female fans just like the glory days of All Japan Women and going even further back. And it was probably the best women's match um, anywhere in the world. And <laughs> so long, it's not even, you know, I mean, decades probably. Okay, and welcome to Wrestling And. Today, we are talking about wrestling and stardom. Yes, you've all been waiting for it. Uh, guys, if you don't know stardom, it's a Japanese women's wrestling promotion, right? Pretty simple, but another word that we use for Japanese women's promotions is joshi. So stardom is a joshi Joshi Company. Um, another one is like Tokyo Joshi Pro, and they've become a lot more popular in recent years, probably because the quality is just really good, and they have a lot of good stars and good wrestlers. Um, a lot of people are talking about it now, and uh, definitely internationally, which is really cool. So the thing about Stardom, though, is it's not really the most beginner-friendly promotion. It's not as bad as like Dragon Gate, but it's not as easy as New Japan or the American promotions. It's filled with units stables, groups, whatever you want to call them. And that can be kind of confusing for new viewers who don't really understand what the hell's going on. So I'm here to help. Um, over the past 10 years, Stardom has developed a history and has become kind of a staple for high-quality women's wrestling uh, currently. So I'm, I'm disclaimer, I'm not a Stardom expert, but I've been watching for about four or five years, try to catch all the big shows, and I have some friends in the Discord chat, uh... So shout-outs to Brock with the Discord voice chat. He's helped educate me over the last few years. Done a lot of research, too. Now, um, Justin is my co-host, and he's new to stardom, kind of. He's seen some of it. And so Justin is going to be more like you guys, the listeners. I'm the guinea pig, the student The here. guinea pig, and he's learning the new stuff. So before we talk about stardom, though, uh, what, what did you go see the Kings recently? Kings have been on the road for actually had their uh, best road trip in, almost in their history. Damn. For Owen two uh, on the East Coast, they're not going to be back here until. Well, there's the All Star break and Olympic break, which they're not going to the Olympics. But um, February sixteenth is the next game. So NHL players time. don't go to the Olympics. Well, they they, they were going to go this year, but they decided not to because of you know the COVID. Wait a second. Going to China wasn't a good idea. But but the Olympics are going on, and there are Americans in the Olympics, right? Yes. That's just but hockey. the NHL decided not to send their players, yes. There's a lot of political shit going on there, too. We don't have even close time to get into, but I know that... Yeah, uh, no, 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 no okay. not here. Not here, not here. There are just some but countries anyways. that aren't really doing... But, uh, so, okay. Well, that's pretty awesome. What? Uh, moving on to the main subject, the meat, if you will of the podcast here what what do you know about stardom um hey let me plug our stuff real quick oh we'll gotta yeah, say where good they call find it. Us. he told me to do this and i totally skipped it in the notes so yeah <laughs> sometimes we do it at the end sometimes i don't but, but uh I, you can find me at in ring art on twitter and instagram Instagram's probably the more popular one um where i do my drawings and links to all my stuff including i added a a little t-shirt shop to tea republic with some pretty cool stuff um and then uh we are on instagram at wrestling and podcast awesome well. so awesome. follow us interact with us we want to uh you guys to start we know we have some listeners now but we haven't heard from you so um it's time for you to speak up 
People have or liked. Stop doing this. People have like. I'll be like, does anyone listen? And then people like it, but uh, okay. kind of right. don't actually hit me up. But but that's okay, and and it'll grow, of course, too. What I want is impassioned fans to tell us what we said wrong. I would love that because I I like to be sure. corrected. You know, teach me, help me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in ring art at in ring art on uh, Twitter and Instagram and. Definitely check him out on Instagram. You can see some awesome pictures that he does. Very unique style. Kind of like... But the sad thing is, though, Justin does, like, I guess what you call, like, an amateurish style that's kind of funny, but, yes. like, he's actually getting good. So, like, he's got to contemplate that. You'll have to purposely make it more amateurish as you go on. So... Uh, um, I'm just... Tr- I'm trying as hard as I can every time, and it always looks... It's, and people might not think that, though. But I actually am trying to draw things... Um, accurately and he's like i'm trying my best guys no you're doing great man um my i'm john ensman at john ensman um i am a living meme i'm the new japan rap guy uh and i'm just at john ensman on twitter we also run the uh at wrestling and pod on twitter and that's where we post our episodes we're everywhere we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on amazon i don't know anyone who listens to podcasts on amazon but you already know that because you're listening right now. So yes, matter. yes, yes, and we and we have that RSS too. So thank you for listening, guys. I really appreciate that. So, so what do I know about Stardom? Is that what you're asking, right? That is what I did <laughs> ask. Yeah. Okay. So um, I know that it is a uh, women's professional wrestling um, a, a company in Japan. Um, Joshi, otherwise. First- Yes, how I first heard of it, um, just from just uh, you know casual mentions in you know on social media and maybe a few gifs here and there or gifs whatever you call it, and also maybe through having Fire Pro and having that be one of the uh, oh the, they added that to Fire Pro huh. They have a whole yeah there's a yeah there's a whole Stardom download thing that you needed to get all the downloadable parts and they have all the titles for stardom and stuff. So awesome. Um, that, um, and just kind of hearing it, like, you know, when I would go to the bar wrestling and stuff and like people, uh, like Chris Wolf would compete at bar wrestling. And apparently she was in stardom at some point. Uh, unfortunately had to retire a few years ago, I think because of injuries or whatever. But, um, just kind of hearing how people have gone through stardom, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Will Ospreay's ex or whatever her name is. I can't remember. B. Priestley or otherwise known B. as Priestley, Blair B. Davenport. Tony Storm, right? Right, Tony Storm. I knew I knew that there were some Gaijin that have just had kind of had that on the resume. Um, uh, Kyrie Sane. Um, mm-hmm. Yo, Oscar was it? Was Oscar in there at some point? I think she's competed there, but not really right. a stardom wrestler. What you would call? Right. So just kind of it was you know yeah I never honestly thought about diving into it i know they until you know they started basically when you heard that like bushy road bought them but that's probably been a while now so um yeah. and obviously drawn to it because of the quality and i did watch the match that you sent me actually a few times so i could piece it together and i watched it full in one sitting and i really really enjoyed it even the commentary i thought was pretty good yeah, they, they, um, they and they're doing honest. they're doing English now. So just like New Japan, they are trying to get kind of a Western expansion as at least the best you can do under COVID. Um, so 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and that match I sent him was Saya Kamatani versus Tom Nakano. That was the uh, white belt uh, for the white belt. So I thought that was a good kind of intro match. I, I, I just, I, it's kind of high speed. And uh, both of them are kind of cool wrestlers too. They have kind of a cool thing going on with the tall Kamatani in the green. And then Tom Nakano is very short, very athletic, very agile. So um, that's why I sent you that one. So. Um, yeah, and you probably know the same as a lot of people. Like, you hear about it, you see the gifts online, you start learning the names of some of the wrestlers, you hear the name Mayu Iwatani, stuff like that. I mean, you probably heard that name, right? I think she performed yeah. it all in. Also. Right, and you also hear, you know, Starlight Kid, you hear Hana, Julia. obviously Hana. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll get to. Um, so, Julia, yeah. So, they're really breaking into the kind of like online wrestling community um in america at least um and stardom really is kind of broken in more than a lot of the other joshi promotions although to be fair tokyo joshi pro maki ito right i mean though they are kind of have a little bit of a foothold you've probably heard about that stuff too right I gotta say, not really. But it probably is Maki a Ito, familiar, though. Maki really. Ito. I've heard the name. Yes, I have. Okay, she's like the not... the schoolgirl that flips people off and says "fuck." And she was on AEW, so. But yeah, so yes, I've heard of her. She's kind of a comedy. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely cool to see Joshi getting more popular. So let's uh, let's go. We can't really talk about Stardom, Justin, without first starting. Uh, many years ago, and that is with uh, Rossi Ogawa. You, have you ever heard that name? Because that's going to be a name to memorize here uh, for everyone. Rossi Ogawa. You, you know that? There will be a quiz later. And there will I'm be no quiz. Feverish but... notes. Rossi <laughs> Ogawa. Mm -hmm. No. Never I'm heard of him. Okay. in my life don't know who that is. Yeah, well, I mean, so Rossi Ogawa who kind of runs stardom now, and he might book it, but I'm not sure exactly on that, so correct me if not, but Ogawa worked for All Japan, AJW, like All Japan's women's, um, with which had no relation with All Japan Pro Wrestling. It's just called that, All Japan's Women. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And sure. All Japan's Women was extremely popular. Um, right. Especially in the 80s and 90s, and in the 80s, we're talking breaking into mainstream kind of popularity with like the crush where, girls. Where we're always seeing the Bull Nakano and uh, mm -hmm. uh, why is the name slipping my mind? Um, well, there's Aja Kong. There's a there's uh, Aja a, Kong. Yeah, all those kind of matches. You ever whenever you see those just flat out crazy, uh, you know, insane matches from the '80s and '90s. That is all Japan women. All Japan Women, yeah. And okay. Ogawa actually started in the company as, like, a photographer in mm -hmm. All Japan's Women back in the day. And then he, he made his way up, um, did public relations executive. He was an on... He did some on-screen stuff. Um, wow. So, and he, he actually worked with them until 1997. So, he had a lot to do with All Japan's Women's. And... You know, if you guys kind of similar to uh, Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman, who started as photographers. Yeah, yeah. In that sense, yeah, 
they both were there. They loved wrestling. They wanted to be part of the action. They talked to somebody, you know. Next thing you know, they're doing a little more. And so, Rossi Ogawa. Um, now, and again, this All Japan's Women stuff, we're not going to talk much about it. But, I mean, I would I urge you guys to go check out the history of that. Because, I mean, we're talking, like, many five-star matches from the 90s here. From Meltzer, of course. Um, a lot of highly acclaimed matches with names like... Uh, Akira Hokuto, Aja Kong, Bull Nakano, Minami Toyota, Dump Matsumoto. These are like very famous uh, Joshi names uh, from that era. But the point is Rossi Ogawa. So in 2010, Ogawa approached a wrestler and idol named Fuka and basically talked to her about starting a new promotion. Um, and the, the idea was to get this someone Fuko was trading named uh, Yuzuki Aikawa, kind of like Aikawa, kind of like a stardom, I guess you'd call her like a stardom legend, although 10 years ago a legend, that's more like WWE, they call anyone a legend that's wrestled more than five years, right? Uh, I mean, or just someone that was on their roster that shows up five years later as a legend, like <laughs> Molina or, you know, those kind of people. Yeah, Michelle McCool is a legend. Michelle McCool, yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're legends. Um... So Aikawa, they wanted to push her as the top star. So again, Fuki was training Aikawa and Rossi Ogawa, Rossi Ogawa came to them and like, let's start a new promotion. And pretty much they just hired a bunch of people after that and it was born. Now it's not actually called Stardom. The real name of the company is kind of dumb. It's called World Wonder Ring Stardom. But... We all just call it stardom, you know? No one has time okay. to call it WWRS okay. or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, it started back then with Rossi Ogawa. So we have some kind of, we have a lot of kind of a, a connection from the past into stardom. So you, you see what I'm saying? There is, it's, yeah. it's, it's not just started out of the blue. It, 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 it had, definitely there's a line that goes from AJW to stardom and, uh, you know, being that it's been successful now and AJW was so successful, it's kind of like, it's it's kind of cool that that line kept going. And we'll talk more about that later. But, um, and don't worry, we're not, guys, we're not going over the full history year by year. This is just the beginning. We're going to talk about the beginning first and then we'll move to some other subjects. So, um, their first event ever was in 2011 and it was called Birth of Nova at Shinkiba First Ring. Uh, do you know anything about First Ring, Shinkiba First Ring? Do not. Okay. Shinkiba First Ring is like a a warehouse turned into, in the like warehouse district, okay, that had has been turned into a wrestling kind of venue. It's it's like hmm. smaller than Karakuen Hall, right? Probably only wow. holds a few hundred people. And so New Japan's not going to run there because they don't, they're not going to sell just a hundred tickets, right? But it's been really good for like smaller, you're like, I see you going like, oh, maybe. Uh, nowadays, now right? they could do it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, shit. We had a full sellout. It's about what they're putting in Cork and Hall right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so that yeah, they started at Shinkiba First Ring, which actually kind of become like a staple for Stardom's performances. A lot of first ring performances there. Um, and as through that year, they finally had their first show at what place did you just mention? Uh, Cork and Hall. Cork and Hall. They finally had their first show at Cork and Hall, and something happened on this show that went completely viral. Now, when you think mm -hmm. of Joshi wrestling, girl wrestling, 
and viral video that even went popular in America. Does anything come to mind at all? I'll remind you, and then I you'll would remember. Say a w- wardrobe malfunction. Not a wardrobe malfunction, although that would be cool. Um, no, they, this this show, their first show at Korakuen Hall, was when Haruka wrestled Kenny Omega. Okay, so that was the eight or nine year old kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you that, know, the rumor is is that 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 was um, what's her name? Uh, it's Hanukkah. What do you mean? It's a rumor. It's someone else. It is who it is. It, the the rumor was it like people were always claiming that it was uh, what's her name that she was the first AEW Women's Champion. Um, why is her oh, name me? oh, Riho. Yeah, that's not Riho. Riho. Yeah, yeah, Riho. two different people. Right. Well, yeah, obviously. That's but weird. I'm saying a lot of people Why are like, would oh, even... that was Riho. I think there's some like subtle racism in that. Like, it's Riho. It's like, bro, they don't even look the same. But, okay, uh, anyway. I yeah. think a lot of that was... I, I, I mean, there was kind of uh, the impression that Kenny Omega was heavily involved in the construction of the, that initial women's roster for AEW. Yeah, but he would. Uh, I uh, look. It's like well, you and you probably realize that that's not Riho. I mean, uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I I know. But I'm just saying. Like, first of all, a lot of people really never saw sat there and watched the entire match. Maybe you saw like a, a few of the, uh, you know, gifts or just yeah the clips of it. So like, it probably wasn't enough to determine like what exactly the girl looked like. And maybe you're like, oh, that's Riho. Oh, really? Okay. Then I'll yeah, watch that's another a Japanese girl. So now, now Kenny yeah. Omega took her under her wing. And but I, I think a lot of it was just because the age kind of matched up. Because you know that girl is probably about the age of Riho now, probably or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just saying that was always rumor. That was the rumor on on the internet. And you know the internet's never wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think Haruko even wrestles anymore. But I, I would love to tell uh, Riho that. Hey, Riho, are you Haruko? She'd be like, No, that's I'm Riho. That's hot. That's Haruka. <laughs> Haruka. Sorry. So very viral moment from Stardom. But the funny thing is, Stardom really never had anything to do with that online, right? Like everyone posted wrestler wrestles child. You know what I mean? Right. But didn't really say where it's from or anything. I, I don't think I knew that was Kenny Omega when I first saw it. I, I don't think I did. Did you? Yeah, because by that time I was into wrestling, I knew who Kenny Omega was. So yeah, I knew it was Kenny Omega. It was, I mean, the two viral things that I think of from Japan like that were was uh, you know Kenny with her and then uh, Ibushi wrestling with the, Yoshihiko. Uh, the, the, the yeah, the, mm-hmm. but that that was DDT, right? That was DDT, but Kenny Omega did wrestle for uh, DD, DDT at okay. the time. Um, so, but not. But I guess technically, you said he wrestled for Stardom. He wrestled. He got paid by Stardom. You know, okay. he was signed with DDT, but did that with Haruka. So, uh, pretty cool. And Yoshihiko is the doll for uh, Yoshihiko. Killed. You know what? Other people have had great matches with Yoshihiko. By the way, just just. You know, it's just that Ibushi one was pretty cool. Um, so not Yoshihiko, but Yoshiko, who's a stardom wrestler. This is a different person, Yoshiko. Uh, she was also on that show, and uh, Aikawa, who when I was telling you Rossi met with Aikawa, Aikawa beat Yoshiko and became the very first wonder of stardom champion at that first 
Karakuen show. So is that is that their main belt? That's what we're gonna get to now. So okay. uh, we'll talk about these belts. There are actually a good amount of belts. It's a little bit confusing. It's not as bad as uh, maybe New Japan has. You know, although they've gotten rid of a couple, but uh, yeah. So the wonder of Stardom Championship is not their main belt. Actually, their main belt, and th- there's there's ways to remember this stuff. By the way, guys, easy ways. Their main belt is the World of Stardom Championship. Now, most okay. fans just call it the Red Belt. Okay. Okay. It's the Red Belt. You know, it's easy. Sure. Little trivia here. Um, in AJW, here's that line we're talking from the past to the to the present. In AJW, their top belt was also a red belt, the WWWA okay. championship. So the red color has that meaning. Red is like the top champion. Um, that is their main event belt, singles belt, right? It's red. Um, although in 10 years now, only 14 women have held the belt. So very respected belt. You know what I mean? Long Ten years, fourteen women. Okay, that's how many people have held the WWE title in the last six months. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so long reigns, um, for the most part. Um, first champion Not ever. Roman though. What about Roman? No Roman reigns. No, no, no okay. Roman. Reigns. So the first champion for the red belt was Nanai Takahashi, and she was like an AJW wrestler, um, and a Stardom original. So another, another that gap kind of bringing one to the other. And the most recent champion is Shuri. We'll get into her, right? Shuri. Right. Um, now, the first Gaijin champion was actually Tony Storm. So Tony Storm okay. was the first. But but here's the thing. This is going to trip you out. She was never supposed to win the belt, bro. Uh, okay. Mayu Iwatani legitimately dislocated her shoulder during their match. Wow. Okay. That sucks, huh? So they had no choice but to make yeah. a, you know, make a different call in the ring, call an audible, if you will. Just imagine if during that G one final that it was Okada the one that busted his arm instead of Ibushi, <laughs> you know? Jeez. I mean, sometimes a guy will go through like, you know, think of uh, with Austin and, and Owen Hart where they still did they didn't change the result of the match. They just had to hurry it up a little bit. Uh, oh, dude, people that? do pretty crazy shit while they're injured. I mean, uh, obviously, the Takahashi neck break thing and all that shit, it's like, how but the he won f- that match, right? Well, I'm just saying, like, shouldn't you? No, did he? I don't remember now, but sometimes they don't think enough to change the result of mm. the match. They just say, you're hurt, let's just get this done, and then we'll figure it out when we get back. So for them to know that she was, like, if she hurt her shoulder, oh, it was prob- it was probably like a Bushi, bro, where she just stopped. Like immobilized, Um, which supposedly that shoulder dislocation is extremely painful. I think that's what happened to Ibushi, right? Same thing. Uh, Yeah, I think his was a little, a very serious separation. Well, anyway, so Tony Storm basically won it because her opponent was injured during the match. Yeah, which which I hear a lot of Gaijin accidentally. The the Gaijin for the red belt, the top belt. So. Although I've heard a lot of people kind of make fun of her for that. Like, she wasn't even supposed to win it, you know. But uh, it happened. She did. did. So the longest champion ever is Io Shirai. And we'll Mm. we'll talk about her more, too. Obviously, probably one of the more famous people from to come out of stardom. Um, And she actually had the title for, like, 
over a thousand days and had twenty wow. twenty four defenses. Pretty That's awesome incredible. run. Yeah, very, very cool. Okay, next one, and this one's even easier to remember because this is the white belt. And okay. it's called the white belt. This is the wonder of stardium. So the red belt is the world. This one is the wonder. The way I remember it is like it's the intercontinental champion for exactly. New Japan. Yeah. And so. for it to be white helps too. And even comparing it to a WWE uh white title intercontinental has been white at times so. Ex exactly so that's pretty easy to remember um so the other thing about this belt is that it's it's pretty respected just like the icy title was in new japan so this is not a you know it's not a throw-off secondary title it's probably more prestigious than like the tnt title is in in aew it's pretty serious okay. you know what i mean um so. I always think about the Intercontinental title in the 80s and 90s in WWE where that was always, or WWF at the time. Yeah, that was when the you were real the Intercontinental secondary champion, title. When you were the Intercontinental champion, you were considered the number one contender for the world title. Mm, remember okay. those days? Well, I remember Shawn Michaels against Bret Hart, champion versus champion, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it's a pretty serious belt. And um, a lot of times in stardom, like, the winner of the owner of the white belt is not worse than the owner of the red belt. They might just be different or a little younger, or it's just a different person they're trying to push. And I guess optimally, if you run a wrestling company, your belts should both all be respected, right? We And we probably talked about that, right? I mean... Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, each one should have people that actually want it. Uh, it's um, totally. Yeah. Totally. Where, where you had... Uh, what wrestler like just was it Naito? He just loved that white belt. Like he wanted, well, he disrespected no, it, no, right? No, no. But he used to throw that around and treat it like trash. But still, but he came synonymous he, with it in a way. Yeah, like a yeah, because even though he totally disrespected the belt, he still acknowledged the belt and brought some kind of attention to it. So I, I think that's okay because it's not like you're ignoring it, um, and just kind of you know whatever. I think. The fact that he disrespected that made it a storyline and made it um, feel like people say, no, that belt you should treat better because, you know, it, it, made yeah. it, it brought attention to it. That, that, was, a, that was a good part um, when he, when he uh, threw the white belt around. Um, so, but that, that white belt, wonder of starting champion. Again, you know, the fans, they're not sitting around usually calling it wonder or world. A little hard to remember. It's the red belt is the main belt and the white belt is the other belt um so one of the uh, and by the way just like the red belt the white belt was also the ajw secondary championship at the time okay so that was the all pacific championship so that history is still there um one of the original gimmicks was like only stardom wrestlers could challenge for the white belt but that actually changed in 2013 uh dark angel Sarah Stock, American wrestler, um, she won the she won it. So, kind of a, one of those wrestling things where it's like, oh, let's just do this, and then they're like, ah, fuck it, that doesn't really work. Um, kind of like the never open weight champion being only for young people. Did you remember? Did right. you? Yeah. So, I think they had, or I think at, at some point they had a twenty five and under belt, right? It, which company? Uh, New Japan. Well, that was supposed to be the never. Okay. Open. So, I mean, 
you know, really their new thing is like the young lions thing, but but uh, um, yes, they they well, they, the never open weight just means that anybody from any um weight class weight level yeah can can go after it, and even in between that, between those other stage, it was the beefy belt for all the. You know, yeah, with the style, the style that guys, they were putting yeah. on. But actually, it's right. funny because it actually never stood for new blood evaluation valiantly eternal. It's just some of that Jap- Japanglish, like nonsensical. Right. Um, but, but yeah. So that that's the white belt. Um, the Dark Angel Sarah Stock. She was the first Gaijin champion, and the current champion is Saya Kamatani. And it was in that match I sent you. So that was right. for the white belt. Um. The longest-running white belt champion ever was that person who helped start stardom, Aikawa. And she held the belt for 618 days with eight defenses. So the first champion was the longest-running champion. That's mm. a record that, you know, could be beat. So, kind of cool. All right. Next on. Goddess of Stardom Champion. It's kind of a funny name, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, something named Goddess you think would be at the top, a little right? higher up. Yeah, yeah. You do have World, which does War- kind of always mean the top belt, unless you're talking Universal these days or whatever. Who knows? Yeah, um, Universal. I, but Goddess, I mean, that sounds pretty powerful. And you know what's funny? It's not even a singles belt. That's their tag belt. Mm. What is that? White Claw Pineapple, by the way, that yes. you're drinking there. Yes, it is. Is it yeah. good? Yeah, that's fine. I went, I went on a date on Friday, and she was like, give me some White Claw. I was like, okay, cool. Anyways, uh, Goddess, I, I am currently drinking a uh, Sam Adams Cold Snap. Why? Because every beer they sell is IPA, and I just didn't don't feel like that right now. Yeah, we all went through that phase. It's not even a phase. It's still, it's, people say it's a phase, but it's still going on. Everyone's like IPA, well, IPA. Yeah. But uh, okay. I I, I kind of liked them, but now uh, yeah, it's okay. It's just too much sometimes. A little too much. Every yeah. once in a while, yeah, mix it up. That's what I say. Um, so the goddess of stardom champions, we'll just we can just call those the tag belts, right? Those are the tag sure. belts. Um, so but by, by the way, some Should trivia. The goddesses. The goddesses, yes. Um, goddess I, I think is the plural, but, uh, some trivia, uh, that the belts were actually designed by an American company, the top belts company. So kind of funny there, but, uh, current champions are Hazuka, Koguma, the bear Koguma. The champions with the most days is the first winning team, BY Hole, with 433 days. However, Kagetsu... Um, the wrestler Kagetsu, by herself, you know, with different teammates, has held the championship for 536 days. And the first Gaijin champions were B. Priestley and Jamie Hayter. So, interesting. Of course, you know Jamie Hayter. Everyone knows her. She's uh, did a glam She's up. Brie Baker's. Yeah, she did a uh, glam Brie. up, lost a bunch of weight, and, you know, she's now part of uh, AEW. So. All right, we. I did not know that. We got four more belts here. The next one is the Artist of Stardom Championship. Another funny name. I mean, we have Goddess Artist, right? The Artist. Very interesting. Just yes. from hearing the name, what would you think? The Artist. What do you think? Well, I, well, I think it's Shinsuke Nakamura because oh, that's the dumb name they gave him. I kind of like uh, it in in WWE, but I would think it would be something 
where it's somebody that's a high flyer or something like that. Yeah. No, it's just the trios titles. That's all it is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so notice, people, the names of the belts really are like have no meaning. They're just like Japanglish, random, you know, random words. Okay. Uh, so, so we got two singles belts. So and far, then we got a trios belt and a tag belt. Okay, that makes sense. Simple, seem right? Like too much yet. Very Doesn't straightforward. Seem like too much yet. Yeah. Very straightforward. Just um, wondering if they have enough people uh, in their on their roster to carry those belts, but they carry they on, carry they on. do. Even if everyone in the roster has a belt, but uh, so um, yeah, it's just a trios belt. That's all. I'd say these are a little more respected than the never trios belts. But they're not, like, okay. anything crazily special. You know what I mean? Those Never Trios belts have gotten uh, a little bit more respected in the last couple years. Well, it always depends on who has them and, you know, because, well, like... that's what every belt really depends, really. True. Yeah, yeah, Anything yeah. that's not the world title, it just depends on who has it. Yeah, totally. Um, so, it's a Trios belt. Um... I got the history here, but I'm not going to go over it too much. Uh, Artists of Stardom Championship, Trios Belts, and uh, the uh, last team that held them were the Cosmic Games. You didn't Game. tell us what color the Goddess Belt was. The Witch Belt? The Goddess Belt? I think it's just black. Okay. So, and is it the same with the Artist Belt? I don't know about the color, um, but people only usually refer to the Red and White Belt as the Colored Belts, so... Oh, okay, so it doesn't matter after that. Yeah, I mean, they have their own color. I think some of them are pink. Yeah, okay, so the artist belts are red, pink, and blue. So each one's a different Sweet. color. Um, a cool little, that's, which is kind of cool. fun. Yeah, so, um, but it's the artist, the, the trio's belts. Um, okay, next is the High Speed Championship, which... Okay, I've heard of that one. This is the belt you were thinking was the last one, Okay, okay. Your high flyers, your high speed. The way I think of it is it's kind of like a junior heavyweight title. Right. However, or cruiserweight, if you will. Or cruiserweight. However, all the girls in stardom are generally kind of small. There are big girls, yeah. though. But, I mean, this is just a, a high speed title, right? Uh, uh, compare it a little bit to Open the Brave Gate, although that's in Dragon Gate, although that's become kind of a brutal uh title so it's your high speed um your high speed pretty self-explanatory um so and and actually this belt came from a different promotion called neo japan and stardom bought the or i don't know if they bought but they acquired the rights in 2010 so um yeah the current champion is starlight kid who you know so yes starlight kid killing it out there um, and then fine. No, we got two more. Two more. <laughs> two more belts. Yeah, two more belts. Yep. Um, Ooh, then these, these last two belts like don't really matter a ton, but they're kind of a pat on the back. Okay. So this next one is the SWA Championship, which I didn't even hear much about, but it, it does exist. And the way I could call this is it's kind of like their Gaijin belt. Kind of like the U.S. title, right? In, um, okay. Yeah, so it's it's generally challenged by someone outside of stardom and someone in stardom. Okay. That makes sense. So so it's kind of their interpromotional title or something like that. Yeah, I, I think of it a lot as like the U.S. belt because, you know, you have a lot of Gaijin that challenge for it. And, and have it. And have it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, I think I saw like only a couple Japanese have had this title. So, 
Um, they don't want to call it the Gaijin belt because that probably wouldn't be cool, but they, you mm. know, it is. And Tony Storm has held that for the longest, for only 64 days. So it hasn't even been that round, oh, around that long. And okay. Thecla is the current champion. When I first watched Thecla, it's only shown she's like a better Bray Wyatt. So, and I can what? concur with that. Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. She does the whole crab thing and then walks like that across the ring. Jeez. It's pretty cool. And then finally, we got the future of Stardom Champion. Okay. Y you have to have wrestled for three years or less to challenge for this belt. Interesting. Yeah. So kind of like their, their uh, you know, kind of like their Young Lion thing. And uh, Starlight Kid was the first winner of that as well. So um, there we go. Basically, guys, all those lower belts, you don't need to freak out about those. The big ones is the red belt, the white belt. The tags, high speed, right? And right. if you can remember yep. that stuff, you're good. You're ready to know like what match you're watching. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. Um, moving on here, one of the most confusing things is uh, stables and units. Do you know any of the stables? Or well, I guess I'll just call them units. Do you know any of the units in uh, New Japan or in, in I Stardom? Know like. I know there's four to five of them, and I've heard some of the names, but I they one's like what Queen's Gambit or something. I don't know. <laughs> close, uh, very close. <laughs> Queen's Quest. I, I've heard that. Yeah, I've I've heard the names, but I forgot them because I'm just ter terrible with names in general. It's okay. Um, but I did hear of of Queen's. Uh, what was it? Queen's what? Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest. I've heard the names of the other ones. Donna Del Mondo, maybe. Donna Del. Yes, I've heard that. I probably heard them all. You've heard, um, yeah. Hang on, I'm turning a And off. I know that, you know, they're split into, of course, heel and um, babyface factions, and pretty much everyone there is in a faction. Yeah, to the point where actually they actually do, like, faction drafts, where they draft people into the groups. Yeah. So, um, which is pretty cool. So... The factions or the units in Stardom are really important. And like you said, everyone's kind of part of one. Similar to New Japan, but in New Japan, it's not as important. Because, I mean, dude, some people just are in their faction their whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, I, I think maybe uh, six, seven years ago, the factions were more important. Mm. But now, like, you know, chaos is... Like for example, chaos. Who we know who's in chaos, but there's never any type of like unity or anything where you know someone's cheating and then all of a sudden someone else from chaos comes and helps. It, it that's kind of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, and Only then the there's like the torture, really... the torture rack or whatever they're called that yeah. broke off from the Bullet Club, and it's like <laughs> it. It only seems like the bad guys have each other's back in matches in New <laughs> Japan. Of course. Um. So. Uh, a little similar, though, to New Japan in the fact that there are, like, four or five factions, right? But more like Dragon Gate in the sense that people do jump around. And uh, there's a lot of kind of faction bullshit with, like, oh, this guy went over here and this person joined here. And now they totally changed their persona and their gimmick. Um, right. So, um, now we're not going to go over the history because there's been way more than I even know of. But one faction that's not around anymore that I will mention is the Tokyo Cyber Squad. And uh, they were like a group of... 
How do I put it? Like, in New Japan, you have your factions. You have your 100% heel faction, right? And then you have your, like, babyface faction that has attitude, right? Like, now it's right. be, it's Suzuki-gun. Nowadays, it's kind of like that people like them, but they're still, like, heels. Um, yeah, I guess LAJ would be a, a more concrete example of that. I feel like they've become... It used to be... I feel like they're just, like, straight-up babyfaces now. For the most part, yes. But I think they went through that phase. They were full-on heels you know, 2016, and then they went into that tweener stage, and now they're just at the other side as baby faces. But yes, I guess you can compare it to what currently Suzuki Goon is right now. How did that... That's crazy that that happened, man. That's weird that that even happened. Suzuki Goon? Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking Lance Archer and just just, evil. It's just the the evolution of um, Tai Chi... Um, True and Zach, the fact and the respect that Suzuki has garnered, right? Yeah, and also just even how good Zach Saber Jr. is. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure, for sure. Is it's really hard to ignore, and then Doki kind of emerging as a pretty damn good wrestler too. Yeah. So um, in Stardom, the, the, you got of course every Japanese company has the heel faction, right? I feel like like that that is like every they all have it and uh, this is Oedo Tai, Oedo Tai, and that is Oedo Tai. Yeah, that is the heel faction. Um, they wear all black, of course, right? They cheat. Sure. All the girls are out there pulling each other around, and um, yeah. So Oedo they lie, Tai. They cheat. They steal. Yeah, exactly, dude. So. Oedo Tai, um, you know, without getting into, like, every member, I'll talk about, like, some of the more prominent people. Um, Kagetsu, she... she, uh, Kagetsu is not in stardom anymore. She retired, but she was one of the best wrestlers in stardom. Very fast, multiple crazy dives, all that stuff. And she was, like, the leader for a while, but all that's changed. Um, Konami, who you guys will hear that name, Konami... She uh, she was part of the group too, but she just had to recently take a hiatus for injury. So mm-hmm. I'd say one of the most interesting members is Starlight Kid, and you, you kind of had heard her story. Can you talk about that? What you had heard about her? Um, she got she was a just a you know a Bailey style baby face. Yeah. Um, I don't know what group she was in. But um, somehow she got, you're talking about the draft, maybe she, she got drafted into... It was actually a match stipulation. Okay, she basically got put into, uh, was it Oweotai? Yeah. Oweotai. Um, Oedo. Oedo. Oweotai. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Because uh, she, she got, as a stipulation, um, and then when it came time for her to go back to her baby face faction she completed the heel turn and now she's as evil as any of them right and even better was that uh she was one to go back to her old faction and she refused right Right. like i said when it became time for her to go back she didn't want to yeah which which was pretty cool so um she it's easy to remember starlight kid because she's got kind of a tiger mask uh kind of look yes Right, she's one of the f- probably one of the few masked wrestlers in Stardom. 
I think she might be the only. Yeah, looks like she's the only one. Um, so yeah, um, the leader of uh, and that this is something, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember the leaders of all the faction. I'm sorry. I think it's a person named Natsuko Tora right now. But okay. but the the uh, and another kind of character you're gonna see in Oedotai is Gokigen Death. Have you ever seen her dressed as a clown? Yes, I have. And I saw that through uh, Fire Pro, and I thought it was the coolest look ever. She is actually 40 years old, too. And wow, okay. she's been wrestling for a while, so you could call her definitely a veteran, because what people don't realize is in America, in wrestling, and even in Japan, you know, men usually are considered at their prime, in their mid-30s, right? Mid to late thirties, yeah. In Japan, in wrestling for women, and probably in America too, it's more of like late twenties where women are considered in their quote unquote prime. Yeah, but you know what though? That's starting to change. It's stupid, bro, and it probably has yeah, a lot to know, do with. It's starting to change now. I mean, because look, you got you know women like Becky Lynch and Charlotte who are well, in, you know, mid thirties almost now. Oscar, um, Oscar is forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I don't really think anyone's saying, "Hey, you got to hang it up soon." So that's that's at least in America. At least in America, dude. But in Japan, I still think there is a, you know, and I, I hate to say this, but I've heard that most of Stardom fans are men. That the arenas are filled with men in a lot of their shows, and sadly, there's people that oh, I want the good-looking girls. It's kind of this NXT 2.0 kind of mentality. Like, uh, you got to be under 28. And so, but it's something you always hope can change. You know what I mean? Um, and obviously you have. I, I don't think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously we don't watch it. Well, I mean, of course we like to see attractive girls and whatnot, but that's not really the reason why we watch it. Um, no, that's not the reason we watch it, but no, stardom also but sells bikini, you know, calendars, man. And these girls, this is one of the kind of shady parts of it is that, they are kind of expected to be models as well. I mean... Yeah, I think Japan is a little behind the ball in that, where they're still probably um, objectifying in that way. Yeah. Um, where the girls have to do the calendar shoots and all that stuff, where here that's not really happening as much anymore. There's a little more uh, political correctness now. Um, Unless it's NXT 2.0. Not saying right wrong or any of that stuff but yeah but that i'm just saying the difference you know in the cultures right now um but new japan is probably a little more mixed i see a lot of women out there watching new japan matches um more of a middle-aged men and women mostly at new japan shows uh people our age maybe older usually when you look in those crowds yeah not a lot of 20 something that's for sure yeah, uh, like there isn't like there is with an AEW crowd or any of the indies out here. I I agree. And just to give you like kind of an idea of this, so if you go to Tokon Shop Global, um, yeah, and you pick faction and you go to Stardom because they sell Stardom stuff there. Oh, that's right. They just started doing that. Yeah, most of the stuff are sexy pictures. Um. Yeah, like, what am I going to do with those these days? Stardom, Shuri, Bikini, Pro Photo, $25. They got, this is the new one, 
Natsuhoi Natsu $25 can I can I just click and save the save picture it and print it out myself? it's signed I think <laughs> oh. uh, probably a fake signature but uh, Natsupoi photo book $150 and yeah we're talking straight up naked inside a box pictures so well you know a lot of the times I would see you know with Asuka and a lot of those they had like what looked like borderline adult, adult film Oh, straight um, up like soft core, like they would they would just like straight up make films just like un- undressing. Yeah, where I don't know what those were. I never watched one, but I would see the pictures. Were those like videos or were they just yeah, like DVDs, like, man? Of them just kind of posing, being and stuff? sexy. Like, that's all it is. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Yeah, I, I guess you could call it like gravure. I don't know if it's. Let me hear I how mean, this is. You know, obviously they were very attractive in those pictures and everything, but it's like they they were very objectified, obviously. Yeah, you just um, hope that, like... You wouldn't see anything like that with Becky Lynch or, uh, you know, Sasha Banks these the, here. That just is not happening. No, I mean, but you do see some of that stuff um, on Instagram with certain, like, Charlotte. She's post-sexy oh, pictures all the time. Right. But, but you just gotta hope that these women... There's no, but there's also zero marketing, I think. Yeah, with true. With at very least star, stardom, maybe there is a little bit to New Japan where they're not marketing to eight-year-olds like WWE is. That's that's um, that's true, and and or even to a degree that AEW does. I mean, look, all these action figures I have; these aren't well. Obviously, they're adults, but I go to buy them at Target, or they used to be at Toys R Us. Um, I In don't the think kids section an, though. Exactly. They're in the. They're right next to the Power Rangers or whatever. But that's the thing is I don't think there's any type of merchandising. Uh, there's no stardom action figures. Put it that way. I don't know if that's that true, but they're definitely not are meant for available kids. Available at toy stores. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's zero marketing to adolescents, really. There's yep. no target audience that's, uh, you know. The, the the Japan target audience to wrestling products is not what it is here. And and especially it's changed over time. Again, we talked about the eighties, Crush Girls. These were a group where like little girls in the stands would scream, I wanna be just like you and stuff, but it's changed. Right. I mean stardom is is more for adults in a way a lot of men go to the shows a lot of men line up after the shows to buy the girls uh merch and uh you know what though new japan has not shied away from sexualizing um the men and especially ddt which usually releases like a nude yearbook for the men but you know i mean maybe it's just part of part of the japanese thing you just my major hope is that these girls are not forced into that right yeah that would be the you know hopefully it's what it's with consent and they don't ever feel like they have to do it to keep their to keep uh, their position, position to or, keep yeah their job in general so mm-hmm. i mean i mean there's a whole culture there with workplace etiquette and pressure and i can't remember the term of it um with pressure from your boss to do stuff yeah there's a word for it power dynamic um, or something like that yeah it powered uh da, 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 something power my wife left the room of yeah course. um but yeah i would imagine i would hope i would still imagine there's some kind of pressure or expectation 
that is on these men and women that they have to do these things against their will. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's not as much as we think it is. Hopefully. So um, another name, this is a big stardom name. This is one of the names you guys are going to want to remember along with uh, Starlight Kid, I'll say. This is Momo Watanabe. Um, Momo is also recently turned in teal in a wet tie. Changed her whole look. Okay. Um, and she was with Queen's... How recent? How recent? Like 2021. Um, like okay. We're talking... When did she switch? She had been a victim of Starlight Kid's mind games uh, as Starlight Kid was trying to recruit more people into a wet tie. They So she had a feud with uh, Starlight Kid. And, um, yeah, the loser... Uh, Very... Um Soap opera, well, very this is, Mean Girls kind of promotion. It sounds like it's it's dude, it's dragging. It's very dra- it's Dragon Gate, man. Because Dragon Gate does all this title. So there's matches. Dragon Gate's gonna have matches where like the loser has to join the other faction. You know, stuff like that. Okay. And a lot of a lot of these personal feuds and uh, the big difference with Dragon Gate is a lot more disbanding of units and new units starting. But um. So, yeah, they had basically had a feud. They both did, like, an eight-woman elimination tag match. And um, what was it? They were both the captains of their teams. And the loser captain would be forced to join the enemy unit, basically, type of thing. So, loser captain joins enemy unit. And, yeah, she, uh, uh, Momo Watanabe lost and had to join a Wedotai. So, um, with all this group, it's a real powerful group now. And, like... I, I've heard that, you know, they are kind of like the top group in stardom. Um, but they got a lot of talent. So, Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, Goki Den Death, Konami, Starlight Kid. Those are the heels. Oweta Tai. There's more, but those are really the ones uh, ones to remember. So, that's Oweta Tai. Um, next is Stars. Stars is just basically your generic babyface faction, Okay. So it's like gonna okay. be your oh, oh what what's what's the uh the New Japan like generic New Japan faction? What do they call it when you're uh, Hontai? Hontai, yeah, that's right. it. It's just stars is your, I mean it's stardom, stars, right? That's it, man. Right. It's nothing crazy. They don't barely have a theme to them. It's just baby faces, right? So they just use the stardom logo. Yeah, they well they have it says stars, but um, and they're not that big. Sounds like uh, Resident Evil, right? <laughs> yeah, except with all the periods in between there. Um, you have Mayo Iwatani, Hazuka, Koguma, Saya, Ida, and Hanan. I'm gonna say that the real name to remember here is Mayu Iwatani. Um, Mayu has been wrestling for a while. You could say that she is a veteran of stardom. She is a very good wrestler. And, um, you know, they call stars the, they call Mayu Iwatani the icon of stardom. So in a way, you could think of her as like an ace of stardom. Not now, but she really represents the company. Kind of a face of the company type person. So okay. that, that is stars with Mayu Iwatani. Also, I like Koguma. The Guma in Koguma, that's the bear kanji. And she's like a bigger girl, right? So, mm-hmm. um... Yeah. After this is the newest faction, 
these are the cosmic angels cosmic angels are baby face but incredibly cute they wear pink right so it's like the really girly girly faction um that it's hard to really find a comparison to them but they are the totally cute happy maybe you would say more like the bailey kind of like but but not so much towards kids you know which we talked about before uh more just kind of cute kind of sexy right and uh the members here are uh may sakura not they're like maybe the um josie and the pussycats kind of thing right <laughs> very cute yeah maybe the josie and the pussycats um uh, Unagi Sayaka, Tom Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Waka Tsukiyama. The name that you guys should remember here is the leader, and that's Tom Nakano. Tom was recently the white belt champion. And I'll tell you guys, when I first saw Tom, I thought she sucked. But it was one of those wrestlers who you see, and then you watch like years later, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa when did they get good? You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, right. Almost like Britt Baker, but she's better than Britt Baker. But, uh, and her original gimmick was like, she came to the ring with Asian weapons. She had fans at one point and then she had a Naginata. Do you know what that is? The long spear with like a blade at the end. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, uh, Tom Nakano and, uh, Cosmic Angels, all the cute girls and a lot of, recent stardom acquisitions so um cool group and then we got two more here and these two have gotten a lot of a lot more history here we'll go with the newer one and this is donna del mondo um do you know about Mm. donna del mondo heard the name okay donna del mondo is it means women of the world in italian even though okay. even though they're all Japanese. Someone has told me, oh, because all the girls might come from different promotions. But anyways, Donna Del Mondo is kind of like refined women, right? Like a little, they're not so cute and smiling, running around. They're more serious. They're refined. Mm. They are like elegance and more like luxurious. Sophisticated. Sophisticated, yeah. Um, so uh, the, the, the member of... Really, and this is Micah, Natsupoi, Julia, Shuri, and Himika. There's two people to to know from this group. The first is the current Red Belt champion, Shuri. Um, mm-hmm. Surely you've heard that name. I've talked about her, right? Shuri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shuri is awesome, bro. She used to be an MMA fighter, kickboxer. Um, great, violent pro wrestler. And then there's Julia. Um, what do you know about Julia besides just like a picture, or is that pretty much it? Um, no, I mean she definitely has a very unique, striking look because uh, she's half Italian, half Japanese. Very, very right? exotic look, especially for Japan. And yes, that's right. I think she's half English. No, half Italian, half I Japanese. It was Italian. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, she seems to be. Like, kind of, I don't know if the face of the company is the right word, but she seems to be, uh, you know, the person they want to be, like, the spokesperson, in a way, uh, for the company, right? She's one of the top stars, for sure, I think. Definitely. In terms of the marketing. Yeah, for sure. And, sorry, she was born in England, Is uh, was my mistake oh, okay. there. But, um, 
Yeah, and there was a lot of controversy because she jumped ship to join Stardom um, from another company. I, I was thinking Ice Ribbon. Um, so, Julia, uh, Ice Ribbon. Ice Ribbon? Sounds like uh, something you get at 31 Flavors. <laughs> I, I know, and it sounds good, too. But, uh, yeah, she, she jumped ship from... She actually got released from her contract so she could work stardom, and there was a lot of stuff there. And, and um, yeah, yeah, like you said, like when you see her, and if you guys have seen her, she's probably the person everyone knows. Like she does have a striking look to her, and um, she's a good wrestler who is improving. She's not the best wrestler, but she is pushed, and she is good. So um, She's in her early 20s. Yeah, as a lot of girls in Stardom are. And by the way, um, I think you know what was telling of this is that uh, when New Japan had their first kind of televised Stardom matches that were on the actual card and not dark matches, uh, Julia yeah. was in the match. So that yeah probably told the story. And Momo Watanabe, uh, and then I, I can't remember who the two others were. They're very particular about who they choose for those matches for those Wrestle yeah. Kingdom matches. Um, so she's 27 right now, so, um, but yeah, oh, Julia is okay. Julia, so, and yeah, so that's Donna Del Mondo. It's easy kind of to remember because that Italian name I think of like Italian luxury. So, cool group and Shuri, not the leader, but Shuri is really the killer uh, of that group right now. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, great wrestler, and finally we move on to. Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest kind of like was what Donna Del Mondo. They kind of had that gimmick before Donna Del Mondo. They were the more serious women's group. They were was Donna Del Mondo a heel or a babyface faction? I've, I'd say that they're a little bit tweener, but but every group is generally kind of babyface except um, Oedo Tai. Queen's Quest okay. in the past has been like a little bit in between, and Donna Del Mondo has been a little bit in between. But I mean, Shuri is part of Shuri is part of Donna Del Mondo, and people love her. But I've always had this feeling like Queen's Quest and uh, Donna Del Mondo are the more serious, more attitude-based baby faces, as opposed to stars and cosmic angels who jump around and laugh and everything's fun. You know what I mean? Right. So. Um, Queen's Quest, they used to have a thing where they would all come out with masks, like hold masks up. They don't do that anymore, but that was kind of their thing. And they used to be the most dominant um, unit of... Uh, th and this was what this, uh, this is written here. They didn't appreciate the silliness of the other factions and strive to prove their superiority in the ring. So, if that kind of... Yeah. Um, this is Hina, Ozmi... Uh, Tommy Hayashista and Saya Kamitani. And I think the two names to remember here are Saya Kamitani. This is the person mm -hmm. I sent you that match. Um, she's right. wearing green. Great wrestler. Tall girl. So much potential. Awesome Phoenix Splash finisher. Right. Wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom. I think she finished the match with that Phoenix Splash at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yeah, she did. And the whole story of that match you sent me was... Can she hit the finish splash? Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so and then Hayashista, who is an incredible young wrestler. Uh, many people called her Rookie of the Year a couple years ago, and uh, she was recently the Red Belt Champion. So they pushed her hard. She's great. And, uh, yeah, so Queen's Quest, Stars, Donna Del Mondo, Cosmic Angels, and Oedo Tai. Just a few things. And we're going through this kind of quick, guys, but there's so much to cover, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, it would take us hours to, like, talk about every uh, wrestler. A few, uh, well, I think appreciating a Cliff Notes approach, uh, people are, you know, because I think a lot of this, I think with me especially, too, was... Um, you know, we've always kind of, you be, you get curious about something like this, but then you just don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I think this is a very good companion piece to someone that just kind of wants to, you know, doesn't want to jump in the deep end, but wants to see how the water feels a little bit. This is perfect. This is a perfect breakdown where you could start Googling names as you're listening to this and maybe kind of get an idea of who they are and who you'd want to see and, and all that. And then if you want to, you know, maybe pay that $10 for one month and see what you can catch on uh, Stardom World. That, and that's actually a great segue, man, is Stardom World. So Stardom World is their streaming service. It's like New Japan World. Now, there's some issues, though, bro. Stardom World does not show their matches live a lot of times. A lot of VOD. which Yeah, which sucks. So, But at the, at the same time, that's maybe not so bad for the Western audience because... Uh, you know, we're not all staying up at 3 a.m. to watch live shows. Hey, you uh, guys aren't. Coast, right? I am, but I will tell you this. You, yeah, but I think you're you're a vampire, so you're <laughs> a unique approach. True. Um, you know, I think if you got a nine to five job or whatever, you're not necessarily gonna, you know, yeah, go to work on two hours sleep because you were watching some wrestling. Yeah, because you're so watching some random Karakuen so show of stardom. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, some Road Two show or whatever. Exactly. Um. So that might not be the biggest deterrent in the world, um, but at the same time, I think people that are just getting into it aren't going to dive in right away with live shows. Maybe they're going to want to watch a few matches and uh, cherry pick some uh, of you know cherry pick some matches and some talents and learn more about the factions. So maybe that's not so uh, not such a big deal right now. Yeah, and and you know when I first watched it, I I did get Stardom World for a little bit there. And you know what I did? I had a notebook, and I would write down their name, and then how I remember them. Like, okay, that's the chick with the fans. Okay, that's this person, you know? Um, so hopefully this helps people with that sort of thing. And a, a, a lot of you guys listening, you will have heard these names before. So I hope that we're, like, putting the puzzle together a little bit. You have all these puzzle pieces in your head, so I hope we're kind of putting them into place here for you. But uh, Stardom World, it is a good service. Um... Technically, it does have issues, a lot like New Japan World. Not as good as, you know, we always talk about Japanese media and internet and how bad it is. I will say uh, DDT and NOAA do have pretty good online services, just to be honest there. Very American professional looking. Um, so, Is that Wrestle Universe? Wrestle Universe, yeah. They have like huge media graphics and awesome graphics for the menus where new japan just has like text you know what i mean yeah it's not very user friendly but i mean in terms of the production value uh new japan world has a lot of really good documentaries and stuff too true i don't know if stardom has any of that kind of thing they have some of it that is that is like kind of documentary stuff not as deep as 
New Japan World. But um, And one really cool thing I will say about Stardom World is a lot of their shows are split match by match. So you can just click on the match and watch the match. Yeah, New Japan World was starting to do that, but now they've kind of shied away from it a little bit, it seems like. Or it takes them a while to break them off. It takes them a little bit. And then it's like in Japanese translated English, so it's like game six. It's like, no, it's match six, not right. game six. Right. Um, it's Google translated. Yeah, exactly. Just all tr Google translated. So that is Stardom World. I believe it's nine ninety nine yen with like eight eight ninety dollars, eight point nine dollars, something like that. Right, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know another streaming service we got to pay for. I get it, but <laughs> um, definitely something to try out um, if you're interested. Maybe give it a month or two and. Uh, you know, maybe you can cut something out to keep it or whatever. Yeah, cut out that HBO Max. I will say this, though. You know, there are all sorts of ways to watch this stuff. I am not telling anyone to go do that. No, actually, I look, I will say, hey, watch Stardom how you can. And if you like it, you can dive in a little more, right? I mean, <clears throat> that's all I'll say on that. If you can put some money in those wrestlers' pockets, whether it's buying one of those calendars Exactly. <laughs> or one of their pictures with their autographs. Uh, if you if you're gonna consume it on a regular basis, uh, find a way to to make sure some money gets into their pockets. Yeah, dude, I've been subscribed to New Japan World for multiple years now, and I don't always use it. You know what I'm saying? But right. um, I I love New Japan, and uh, I, sadly, I even pay for Peacock, but that's that's a whole different issue. So. Yes, that. Hey, at least you can watch all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, you know, Law and Order S. Law and Order SVU. Dum dum. Yeah, I I can binge some Law and Order SVU unless the some of the episodes are dumb. But um, actually, that's what I watch on Peacock is Law and Order SVU. To be honest, there you go. So uh, yeah, so some some older wrestlers from Stardom that uh, we have talked about is Io Shirai totally decorated wrestler in stardom I think at one point she was cage Mash's top rated wrestler um doesn't surprise me if you've seen any of her stuff in NXT that shouldn't surprise you yeah so and if you could just imagine her in Japan doing more of a Japanese style you can see what we're talking yeah. about here so um but really an ace of a former ace of stardom that uh you know, has gone on to America and is well known now in America. Same thing with Kyrie Hojo, Kyrie Sane, right? So, yep, yep. With that awesome elbow drop and her really cool kind of sailor gimmick. Um, definitely a former stardom wrestler. Another former one is Arisa Hoshiki, and she just retired a couple of years ago. She was one of my favorites, though. She wore all yellow, she was so cool. She kind of had all these crazy kicks, and sadly, she's gone. And uh, there was Kagetsu. Sadly, I'll tell you this, Justin, there is a bit of a trend of stardom wrestlers kind of retiring or quitting early. Um, hmm. I don't know why. I hope everything's safe. I hope that they have a good background uh, locker room. But right. there's been a trend there, and it's kind of a, a disheartening one. Um, so I don't know what's up with that. By the way, did you hear who just signed a contract with New Japan? No. Chase Owens. 
Oh, yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, I heard that. Resigned. Still a multi-year contract. That's... Well, he, uh, I think he's really there for life. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't probably be pushed anywhere else and he has his spot. So it's like, why, you know, I, I think he's been super loyal to that company and whenever they needed a fill in, he's always there. They can count on him. Yeah. Um, they know he's not going to ask for too much in terms of, you know, a push or maybe even money wise. And let's be honest. I don't think WWE or AEW are are crawling up to sign him. He's a solid wrestler, but you know. I think for probably likes he Japan. probably has the most. He probably likes Japan, but I also think he he has the most value in Japan. Yeah, not only for himself but for them. I think it's just a, it's probably a, you know, and he can do strong. He can do. He can probably pop up on Impact here and there. True um, shit, he could pop up in AEW. So, yeah, he's perfect mid-card gaijin talent for new japan mm-hmm. but he would be the bottom of the card anywhere else you know uh if, if I, that you know i mean it's just yeah i mean i can't see him going down to nxt and vince sees him with his shirt off and he oh wants god no that's not happening oh he has he has a but, great um, spot that he can is is trusted in and i i was gonna say like they've been rewarding him too they have like they gave him that win over tanahashi um, I'd rather see they, him yeah, than fucking you know, Yujiro win over Okada. So yeah, I, he's yeah, better so than I Yujiro, mean, dude. Right, and I can see him at some point maybe having a little more of a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what his role is. I know he wasn't he on that speaking out. I don't even know the story, but he was called out for a minute with some of that stuff. But um, mm. I just think that he probably has more value in Japan than anywhere, and Japan has more use for him than any other uh, company in the world. Yeah, exactly. And, he, and he's come a long way as a wrestler. I think he's, you know, pretty serviceable. He has. I, I guess, I guess in you know, in wrestling, though, are you going to go that next step and get on that full training regimen and do the things that no normal human can do? You know what? I think the guy works hard, but some people, not everyone's going to look like, you know, John Cena or Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, you know, the if you don't have the genetics to get you to look like it's that, true. There's a lot sometimes of gen- it doesn't matter. There's a lot of genetics, and even though steroids are legal in Japan, he has decided not to indulge, which is probably the, for the better. So, good on Chase Owens. Um Couple more things here with the stardom. I, I uh, first of all, just a uh, couple tournaments, and then just uh, another one more wrestler. So the tournaments, pretty much similar to New Japan and any other Japanese company. You got your G One style tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the five star Grand Prix. There you go. Okay. It's the G One Grand Prix. Yeah. Now, then you have the Cinderella tournament, which is kind of like the New Japan Cup. The difference here is that there is some weird booking shit with the Cinderella tournament that sadly I don't remember, where it's like the first loser gets to pick this and then do this and come back, you know, some weird stuff like that. There's like a loser's bracket it's, it's, that they can get back into the bracket. Yeah, or it's something kind of weird, more along the lines of DDT. But the the winner of the tournament, I, now I love this. You know, usually it's like, winner gets a shot at the championship. Um, mm-hmm. For the Cinderella tournament, the winner gets a wish. 
And that's pretty fun <laughs> because you could wish for a match. You could wish for a faction to fucking disappear, which, like, y- usually they'll, like, turn it into a storyline angle, you know? You can wish uh, for someone to join your faction. So it's kind of a, a device to do some cool booking angles. A storyline, yeah, a, a, a swerve device, if you will. Yeah, so I think that's a fun thing, and it's become a multi-night tournament, and that's a tournament I really recommend people check out every year um, because because of the kind of connotations. And it's funny, too, because the winner comes out in a beautiful dress. You know what I mean? And just... Uh, okay. Um, so... To make their announcement of what they're doing with their he, wish. Yeah. So, um, finally, I want to talk about Act Yusukawa. Act Yusukawa, all the major fans know about this, and I hope I get it right, but... Um, Act Yusukawa can't really wrestle much anymore um, because she got seriously injured. Uh, and uh, the reason she got seriously injured was because she had a match in stardom with someone named Yoshiko. And Yoshiko shot on her and beat the shit out of her. Caved her eye in and fucked her up. And that was a big, I mean, it's like the stardom incident because it was a confusing thing because no one, like, stepped in and stopped the match. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. No, you know, it's like Act Yusukawa was bleeding everywhere. Um, so... I'm going to read you, this was written in 2015 by a huge stardom fan um, named um, Sonny Gutierrez, who I've heard that name before. So, um, I'm going to just read this to you about the incident, okay? okay? I'm 48 hours removed from Sunday's stardom show, and I'm still trying to decompress my thoughts. No matter how many times you go to Caracuan Hall, every time you walk through the stairwell and through the doors, the history and prestige hits you. This is going to be, um, let's go through here. Um, yeah, and acted had a myriad of health problems. Uh, she had Graves' disease and uh, kind of battled a lot of stuff and went back and forth. Um, but uh, once all the formalities had ended and the match between Act and Yoshiko began, that feeling of excitement and anticipation for the match dissipated. I was there to see my friend Act Yoshikawa wrestling a pro wrestling match, but instead I saw Yoshiko beat her bloody with repeated punches to the face. I had a knot in my stomach as I watched, knowing that it just wasn't right and wishing that I could do something to help her. But knowing I couldn't do anything, I'm sure was I was the only person in the crowd feeling that way. Hall was silent. Um, the referee looked to Rossi Ogawa for guidance, and with 50-plus years of experience, they failed to act. The match was stopped when Kyoko Kimura threw in a towel. So, that was like a big incident that happened in stardom, and really hasn't been explained fully, man. But it's it's kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess in a way it does have add an element of rogue quality that might attract people to it but at the same time that kind of sucks yeah and it's hard to watch i actually don't recommend people go watch this because act literally being punched in the face you know having hair pulling out and she's still trying to do spots you know 
Mm. when clearly this was not a wrestling match anymore. And uh, Yoshiko is back in stardom nowadays. And um, mm. people, you know, wonder, like, why is Yoshiko back in stardom after what she did to act? And, uh, you know, only Rossi Ogawa knows that. So, um, uh, just a weird moment in stardom, but definitely pales in comparison to uh, Hana Kimura. Um, so, did you know about Hana before um, she passed away? No. Okay. Okay. No, I honestly hadn't heard of her until then. Well, uh, everyone knows if you're listening to this, but Hana Kimura um, unalived herself uh, after facing criticism from fans on Twitter about a fake angle that they did on a reality show she was on. And Hannah was being groomed to be the new face of stardom. Um, so, I mean, Hannah... Her mother was a famous wrestler, Kyoko too, right? Kimura, yeah. And Kyoko wrestled in right. stardom as well. Um, so, and, and Hannah was kind of like Julia. She was almost exotic and beautiful in her own very unique way. Um, a strong girl, like a strong physique, kind of, for a Japanese wrestler. And uh, and I think she was half Japanese, half Chinese, or... Um, I think that was part of what she was being uh, flamed online for, too, was her being of mixed ethnicity or race or hmm. nationality. She's listed um, as... Uh, just a Japanese wrestler, so I don't, I don't know exactly about that, but she definitely did. Um, Indonesian. Indonesian. Half okay. Indonesian, okay. half Japanese. Okay. She was bullied as a child because of her mixed, mixed ethnic ah. heritage. So that's when we talked about, kind of before we went on, we talked about how Japan is very can be very xenophobic at times. Yeah. Um, just because it's a country with just one you know uh, one type of person I guess you can say um, in ter- you know so that kind of things happen in countries like that but yes I think a lot of it was she was somewhat bullied online and a lot of it was I think from what I heard uh, had to do with her being mixed race mm, as well yeah I, I could see that um, like you said in Japan everyone's Japanese right like um, yeah, mixed ethnicity is what I'm saying, not race. Ethnicity, yeah. So, um, yeah, she was being groomed. She had feud with Julia at the time. Um, very exciting because with her charisma, huge charisma, and just exciting. Um, not the best wrestler at the time, which really doesn't matter in hindsight at all. But she, uh, she was she was being pushed with Tokyo Cyber Squad um, and. Because of the criticism, she ingested hydrogen sulfide and uh, committed suicide, which actually, you know, it created a, a, huge, a lot of talk in the industry. Um, I believe that the people, resp- well, look, look, it was a suicide, so she was responsible for it in the end, right? But there were people who pushed her, and I mean, I think that they actually had criminal charges put against some of them excuse me (coughs) which is like 
some harassment charges. Yeah, yeah. which which again, it's it's Wrong a whole uh, interesting kind of political idea about freedom of speech and other stuff like that. But um, you know, it was just such a shocking situation, and I think that also turned a lot of people's eyes towards stardom. It was not a good thing at all that happened i mean no, there's nothing good about that but i think that did make it wasn't good publicity for stardom but also i think um a lot of the i don't think stardom was held as accountable as that reality show and whatever production company terrace house yeah. i think they're the ones that i think that is i think that was mostly what um was responsible for it i don't necessarily think it was um stardom and stardom fans yeah necessarily i could be completely wrong on this but i really think it was centered around the reality show he's on maybe she felt pressure to be on that reality show through stardom i don't know well the fact is to get some more mainstream uh, uh attention on their product fact is that we couldn't talk about stardom without uh talking about hana and uh no absolutely not especially um Probably a lot of people didn't hear of Stardom that were wrestling fans, maybe till they heard of Hana Kimura. Yeah, yeah. So R.I.P. Hana, and um, you know, kind of a sad way to end our talk about Stardom. So l- let's just talk now, real quick, about like kind of the future of Stardom, real quick. You know, um, a lot of those top guys I talked about. You know, it's obviously hard to segue from that to anything else. So I guess we should just move on. Um, well, we can also just say what's their next big event and what's something that people can catch on with. Maybe that would help. Yeah, there we go. And I actually don't know their next big event, so I'm kind of looking it up. Um, I go to Stardom World. Oh, there you go. It looks like... Oh, no, no. I'm trying to see when their stuff usually is. Okay, here we go. So the Nagoya, no, I just watched that one. Okay, we got the the Cinderella tournament. It's at the end of February. So there we awesome. go. And that's where you told people to dive in. So great perfect. place to dive in here at the end of February twenty three. Exciting, and we are. And I I would imagine if you are purchasing Stardom World, you would probably want to do it now because you get it at the beginning of February and you'll have it for the whole month. So if you were to dive into the um cinderella tournament you probably want to join now and do some catch-up because if you join if you do the cinderella tournament at the end of the month you might as well get your money's worth so you're not charged again in march i totally agree with that it is just the fourth now so yeah you guys should really hit that up right now Uh, also uh they're doing that so it's going to be a one-day tournament this year it's going to be at city hall plaza aori nagaoka which is in nagaoka Japan and uh, wow, very interesting looking venue here. Kind of crazy looking, actually, man. If you see these pictures here, mm. very interesting and unique. Um, oh, okay, they have a basketball arena, so it'll be in a nice. Well, most of those halls that they're have in, like a basketball uh, area you know, too. Yeah, the well, the gym, you know, like Ota City Gymnasium or any of those kind of places are going to have a basketball. Set. Yeah. Or some type of court sport, volleyball. Okay, or yeah, exactly. I will tell you though, this venue is very unique looking um, from the outside. So that is exciting. They're doing that tournament there. I'm going to watch that live. And uh, also, 
on that tournament, it's going to be Saya Kamatani versus Natsupoi for that white belt, which is exciting. And a month later, Shuri versus Julia for the red belt. Big deal. Mm. So, very... What's that event that that's going to be That's called course? World Climax. So... Is that their WrestleMania? Um, the, no, I don't think that is. I think that there is Dream, Dream Queendom, um, which just mm. happened recently. But uh, actually, I think what they're doing is like a, a four-person tournament for the Red Belt. So um, pretty pretty exciting okay. there. And that's actually going to be at the Ryogoku Kogekikon, which is... Is that called Sumo Hall? Is that what they call Sumo Hall? Ryogoku. Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, the Sumo Hall show coming up. Man, a lot of exciting stuff here for Stardom, guys. So jump in, man. It's cool. And I hope that with some of this info, you can watch that and have a little bit of a better understanding of who they are, what's going on, and what to expect. The style ranges from kind of your high-flying, lucha-style stuff to more hard-hitting um, it really runs the gamut. You got comedy stuff, very funny comedy stuff. It's it's a lot like New Japan, really, or just you know any general Japanese promotion. I well, I I don't think DDT and uh, Dragon Gate are like New Japan very much, but I mean, I will say it is. Well, I mean, there's a. It seems like it's a mix of all of them in a way. It, it is more like New Japan in that like those big matches are long and good, and you got your forearm smash spot of course right that we see in every um so yeah but they're yeah. good man so jump in guys so yeah I, I hope that helped you guys out um yeah help me out. i'm glad i hope you learned a little bit i felt like i talked yeah. a little more than usual talked a little too much might need some hot tea no, after no, this, this one. was good you kind of took me through it and I, I i think it um people can pretend they're me during the show and kind of feel like they're getting talked to a little bit, and so um, it was almost like a one-on-one or prerequisite course to watching. Stardom. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I will tell you this. I am, you know, I thought Stardom's last show was very good. It was very entertaining. Good booking. Actually, some people have said the booking of Stardom is some of the best uh, in the world, but the booking was great. Um, and much unlike the Royal Rumble. You remember that the Royal Rumble this year? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> you watched it? Yeah, I mean, it, I did, of course. The Royal Rumbles, I, we we did our. Oh yeah, huh? We already. Rumble. I can't it's, surprise. It's gonna be something we're gonna we're gonna watch Royal Rumble no matter what. Uh, Hopefully, every year. let's hope um, that like it's always exciting to because it's not impossible that it yeah. gets to a point where it's like I ain't even gonna watch this shit, bro. It's it's WWE does a really good job of you know you thinking maybe they're going to give us something different and then it just ends up being the same thing yeah they're just they're really good at that or something maybe that is like a little better and then uh, they, and i may have mentioned this on the show but it's that circle of like oh they do something good and then they fail in booking or performance and then you then they do something good again, and then you get excited, and then they fail, and then they do. It just goes on forever. Yeah, it's almost like you think Al Bundy's going to win, and then of course <laughs> Al Bundy loses again. Of course. No, but they get your hopes up about something. But I mean, um, you think you have a wide open Royal Rumble, anyone can win, and then they just 
bring somebody in that, you know, <laughs> they bring Brock Lesnar back to win it. So it's like all that reason you watched is out the window because mm-hmm. you were like, oh, maybe it's going to be Big E. He's going to get his shot at the title back. Maybe Drew Galloway is going to return and win it. Or Seth Rollins is going to come back. Like, no, we're just going to give it to Brock again. You know what I mean? Like the same thing they did with the Money in the Bank. And they did the same thing to me and the women's. Like, um, we have a lot of storylines with women that we've been doing for the last year. And then we just have someone that hasn't been there for two years. Oh, coming God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, By the way, spe- sp- it's almost like the whole year didn't happen. Speaking you know? of that, you remember like a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, I heard that Ronda's going to win the Rumble and that she's going to come back. You remember I texted you that? Yeah. Like a lot of people put money on her and won big money because of that, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think it was starting to become kind of people... It seemed like people knew. Well, that was um, just what Meltzer reported but, straight up. He says, yeah, the plan is that she's going to come back and win. And, I was to, and your reaction was so funny. He it, Justin sends me just the plain face, like the just resting bitch face yeah. kind of. Just Well, you know what, though? Like, it's hard to criticize them for making those things happen because they're just... This is what a publicly traded company that could or isn't or is uh you know being rumored to try and put them in a position to sell or whatever yeah honestly if you're a company like if you can't think of anyone convincingly to win it's you go with the the proven attention getters brock lesnar and and i guess ronald rousey will get you some mainstream attention and it's the safe bet if you're not willing to try and create somebody new out of it or um you know elevate someone and 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 build them up uh they're just too afraid to do that well maybe that's part of the the wider issue with wwe that has been parroted over and over again so this is not new but they have a responsibility to be profitable and that's like we could get into like policy or whatever economics and everything we're not but like they have a responsibility to make money which they do they just had the most profitable year ever which we say every year but um stockholders that are responsible to they have that responsibility so they have in a sense that drives their booking they have to book what's going to get them the most money but uh it's a lot of hot shot booking too like oh what's going to get us the most money now instead of like who can we build that can become a star five years from now i i don't think anyone at the top there is thinking five years ahead austin theory that's about it (laughs) <laughs> I know, dude. I know. I know. I know. I mean... I know. I, Out of all the people from NXT yeah. to, like, choose and push and... It's Austin Theory. But, um... I mean, they're a money first. And not, like you said, you told me a few weeks ago, like, they're still somewhat responsible to USA and Fox about pulling in ratings. And, um, are you gonna get more ratings on SmackDown or Raw the next day when you have Bailey make a triumphant comeback and win the Royal Rumble, or are you going to get it from Ronda Rousey winning the Royal Rumble, right? I mean... Yeah. I, I will tell you... Who are we I, kidding, w- right? W- yeah. I will tell you this, though. I was kind of impressed with... Because I don't watch SmackDown, so I was kind of impressed with the new uh, female announcer. It, it, I don't even know if she is new. Maybe she's been around for years, and I just... 
uh, missed it because Greg Hamilton was announcing for them. Sadly, and shout outs to Greg, he got in a real bad car crash a little bit ago. Um, like, real, real bad, dude. And I hope he's okay, um, but he's not working for them anymore. And now they got Samantha Irvin doing announcing. Thought she did good. Did you even notice her? I don't think I did. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm watching it with two kids sometimes, and it's like I'm just looking for the countdown clock, you know. (laughs) I feel you. I I, I honestly didn't. I mean, they switch up the announcers so much. But at the same time, if I didn't notice her, maybe that's a good thing because she blended in with everyone else. Probably. Fine. Did you speaking of like the production? Did you notice uh, Pat McAfee? I he's hard not to notice. Probably. I mean, yeah, I think he's just too much. You don't, I was telling you like, it's like sometimes I like him when his ser- he gets all serious, but like then he just does it when it's like not that big a deal. You know, some dude. Well, he says the dumbest things, and he gets on the table and dance. I'm like, come on, you're such, you're, it's like such a phony. Like, uh, <laughs> he he likes to get like like some dude will come in that's like jobber style, and he'll be like, and this guy goes and kicks asses, and it's like, dude, no, he- yeah. Actually, I was kind of enjoying some of the heel work he was doing in NXT. I thought he did a decent job, to be honest. With mm. you. And he even did that. But when he was an in ring, you know, cage. Yeah, or just the whole angle he was having with Pete Dunne on his side. I thought, and those guys, I thought was okay. It was, you know, he showed he had some heel-like uh, charisma, if you will. Yeah, no um, bad no bad bunny, but... but... <laughs> bad bunny is, man. <laughs> you guys, Justin sends me a text, like, randomly, like, dude, bad bunny is legit. He is? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The- I mean, uh, listen, man, he's almost part of the roster. I know, seriously. It seems like they could just call him to do anything and he'll be there, and he seems to take it seriously. He doesn't demand the microphone. We didn't see him do a musical performance. No, he just wrestles. He just literally came in to be in the Royal Rumble. And he's doing Destroyers and shit. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, and he did it pretty, like, he he looked like he's been working on it. Did he wear his full body suit? Because I think I turned it off near uh, the end there. No, he was wearing like comes you know, out in tights. I don't know, what do you mean? I no, no, no. He didn't have tights. But he didn't. He, he didn't wear the Booker like, T like full body, like almost shield type of vest. And maybe I don't think he had the vest, but he wore like it was like a green kind of almost like military shirt, uh, and like kind of cargo pants ish type thing. But it wasn't like I'm very um, interested. I don't know if it was a jumpsuit or not. Okay. Could have been. Bad Bunny Royal Rumble. I'm looking for pictures. Oh, okay. He just wore normal clothes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, just a green shirt and some jeans or something. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. Bad Bunny's trying to kill it in the game. He's on multiple fronts. I mean, Wale did some stuff with WWE. Doesn't get in the ring, though. Bad Bunny loves it. So... Um, yeah, I think he takes it seriously, and he's somebody that they probably should do more with because um, he would probably bring in, you know, he's huge. You know, you might not like or know his music, but no, I've, I've, he I, is I, very popular. Yeah, I, I know he's he's wildly popular, you know, for old people like me. Uh, 
or people who don't listen to the radio uh, maybe don't quite get it but also I don't watch Below Deck Mediterranean then that show gets like the highest ratings so I mean it happens I mean the bottom line is if WWE is looking to get 20 something and teenagers into and Latin audience as well because he is Spanish speaking and Latin audiences Puerto Rican um he is a good get a big get for them and also whenever they put his merch on WWE shop it sells really really fast yeah sign bad bunny yeah maybe they've stocked it up better now but when they initially put some stuff up after wrestlemania around that time it was gone um so he's he he moves merchandise and uh you know he's huge i want to see honestly bro i want to see bad bunny versus steven amell just to see where they're at okay so um well, I'm good on that. I, don't, I, I I think that's you know I I like I said they should probably use him more for the interest of ratings and just you know people buying into stuff. You think they should have announced but, him though beforehand because um, that helps. There was rumors that he was going to be there, so I think that's yeah. Enough, but the, just like but normal people browser. don't know that shit, bro. At all, it's only you and I that know what the quote unquote rumors are. I mean. I guess that's true, but, um, well, that's the thing, is, like, a lot of people want, and then, oh, there was a whole Shane McMahon thing, maybe. Oh, God. But, apparently, I've always heard that Shane was fun to, was good to work with, and people always preferred him out of any of the McMahons. Have I, am I totally just have bad memory and resource? No clue, dude. You know, unlike, you know, Dave Meltzer, I don't know. I don't hear things about him all the time. Um, I only hear what other people report. And I just heard that, what was it? I heard Wade Keller talk about, or like he came in and he had produced the Rumble in the past, but he just, you know, and who knows what this means, but he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And uh, and he basically got told to go home. I mean, that's as much as I, as I feel like that I can say with, confidence is that he came in rubbed people the wrong way changed some things up that were i think Meltzer was saying that he's always known to be come up with ridiculous storylines that people kind of laughed at for whatever reason it got amplified this year and uh he pissed a lot of people off and tried to throw his weight around and put himself in a better position and allegedly he was supposed to be in the the, the elimina- uh, elimination well, chamber dude i was hearing rumors he was supposed to win it Against Brock Lesnar. I don't They know were why. planning for him against Bobby Lashley, dude. What the fuck? I, I don't know how that would be true. I, I, I don't understand why they would do that ever. I mean... I mean, I guess he's 50-something and he's in tremendous shape. I heard he was... That's for sure. I heard he was really legitimately punching people in the face in the match. <laughs> That's a... I, I know that Shane, you talk about what you want with Shane, but Shane is, Shane has had some of the most uh, death-defying stunts in the history of professional wrestling, uh, I- at least in WWE with some of the stuff he's done. Just He definitely doesn't do things halfway. Well, he did actually have a good wrestling match against AJ Styles, AJ Styles, which was like a legit... Uh, right. But uh, by the way... A little sidebar here for everyone, I, and I, and this is some trivia for you. I just want you to know that Goldberg, who appeared on SmackDown tonight, he has wrestled 43 minutes 
since his return in 2016, okay? And that means he makes $20 million an hour. I have never been a Goldberg fan. Yeah. And I saw on, on, on social media that he came out to challenge Roman Reigns, and that's, once again, it's like, I it's just not for me, man. <laughs> I like watching Roman Reigns wrestle people, like... But I don't like the way they, you know, I loved watching him wrestle Seth Rollins, but they had just had a, a really stupid ending. And it's like, they just, I don't know, it's just not for me, man. I like New Japan and and probably want to get into stardom more. And AEW is good too, but um, I just don't understand repeatedly having to go back to like guys like Goldberg. Don't you think if Goldberg was going to give you ratings, he would have done it? <laughs> In 2018, hey, the, only they like, know. Only know. they know the amount of people that are watching their uh, special events. Although the numbers for the Saudi show will probably be very low, since it's on at what 9 a.m. Pacific on a Friday or Thursday. Um, I mean, if they really wanted to, I don't know why they don't just give give the Rock a blank check and get him back. Yeah, um. <laughs> they probably have tried, but I mean. I don't know. It just seems like, do we really need to see a 55-year-old Goldberg wrestle? I mean, what the hell? I I, uh, I, I, mean, I, I agree, man. Um, you know, uh, we kind of gave our opinions of the Royal Rumble in general. Let's. You want to talk about some uh, yeah. breaking news real quick? A couple things? You down for that? What's breaking? Yeah. Well, I don't me. know if it's breaking. Maybe some stuff you've heard. But we'll just talk about a couple news stories here. So, Tony Khan said on Busted Open Radio that the Forbidden Door shall be opening very soon again. Yeah, I mean, that's the... They're going to have a big announcement for the summer, I have a feeling. Yeah. I think the only thing they're waiting for is is Japan to to loosen up a little bit more. I mean, that's got to be coming soon. Well, he just posted a tweet that said, the forbidden door can be open for anyone from any wrestling company in the world, whether or it not it's a company AEW is on good terms with. Even if it's someone from a company that's open for business, they're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company. Wow. Don't know what that means exactly, but shit. That could be a gimmick. Who knows? Uh, uh, uh. They should be making some storylines out of this. They can have a working relationship with Impact, but make it seem like it's not a working relationship. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, there, uh, there could. I think we're gonna start seeing a, a little with all this stuff. We'll probably start seeing a little bit of a carny side to uh, um, Tony Khan or AEW. To co- to Tony to Tony to. Uh, to Tony Khan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of done a little bit of stuff like that in the past. He's, I am the Forbidden Door, you know, fun stuff like that. So, um, s- yeah. some other news here. Did you hear any news about the Jade Cargill interview on Talk is Jericho? No. Um, you're done, Kenzo? But I did hear about how he, she said, uh, there was some story I didn't click on. It said why she signed with AEW instead of WWE. So, was that what she talked about on Jericho? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I listened to it this morning, and it was actually, so what it was was, she's like, I'm not going to say who told me this, but you know, it's probably Triple H. Probably? Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of had it like, so she said that she makes really good money, right? Basically like not wrestling 
she's a model and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And she said that they told her, like, are you going to have the passion to do wrestling? Because the other people here are hungry for it. Are you hungry for it? And here's the crazy part. They said, well, you have a family. What are you going to do about your family? And she told him how she would take care of her family. And then they told her, well, because this is going to be your new family now. So you're going to have to rearrange your priorities. And then she said, I'm, uh, yeah, that's, I'm good then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you've always heard in WWE, they kind of instill this mindset of like, you know, it's... Uh, almost making it more competitive in a way than it really is which it is extremely competitive but in wwe they almost like you know how much they want you to worship the company basically but exactly exactly they want you to go in there you know basically programmed to worship them and do whatever they say yeah um yeah so that was pretty interesting and that's almost more important to them than you know the type of ability you have. yeah no totally dude they it's almost like the military in there they want you to and they do they they break you down and build you back up right if you're cut and the only reason why guys like they even re-sign guys like kevin owens and Sami Zayn is just to keep them away from those other companies i don't know all about that i think they like those guys as wrestlers but yeah but i mean they're not going to be world champions no Maybe Kevin Owens at some again, point yeah. again, but I don't. I, 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 well, look well, at Mus- if they went to AW. I don't necessarily think. Look at Mustafa Ali, bro. I mean, dude, asked for his release now. You know they're gonna make him sit for like months on end. He's got a year or more on his contract, dude. Yeah. He could have a real well, shitty. They'd rather time. pay them to stay home. They'd rather pay him to stay home than. That's been a thing of theirs for years, not just recently. So yeah, so um, you know, if Ali did get released and stuff, like, what do you think of this idea that Tony Khan is a wrestling collector? That like, in terms of what of wrestlers, like or he just collects the- wrestlers he likes, doesn't necessarily use them um, that much. Kind of like, well, it seems like almost every promotion does that a little bit yeah i like the other day i was like where the fuck has miro been he's been out for a while but they've run little promos of him for a while but i mean he could be have he could have an injury where is red dragon at but at the same time sometimes these guys just want a little time off he worked pretty hard for about a year year and a half and now he gets a little time that's off. true man maybe they're just like hey i want to do like a little program and then it, it looks like aew does tend to give time off to their wrestlers um a little bit more than other companies do well yeah i mean they only usually the top wrestlers only work once a week anyways and i mean then they have right. they at have enough now, stars yeah. to have a whole other program with someone else, which is kind of nice. There's something to be said about that, but there's also something to be said about getting in that experience. But once you're a veteran, Kenny Omega level, you know, it's like you don't need to wrestle every day, dude. No. And, well, Kenny's a different story now. I think he's just flat out really banged up and injured. We've talked about before. But he was someone else but, like, like um, Matt Seidel, right? Like, he doesn't need to wrestle every day. Plus, they have a lot of just guys at the top of the card right now like you know 
I would imagine maybe, you know, we had the Punk and MJF thing go on. Um, who did we have? And we had kind of Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson kind of come out there with... Moxley? Uh, John Moxley, yeah. I, I could see maybe Danielson next program and he's going to take a few months off after. No, but he's talking about teaming um, up with Moxley. I know, I know. But whatever that okay. angle is done, I could see him taking a few months off. Um, yeah, I could also see Punk taking a few oh, months off. Oh well, for, you he's know, pretty soon. He's too. been going nonstop, dude. God, he's probably the face of the company yeah. at this point. And at some point, they'll probably give MJF a little time off. So they're gonna. They have so many guys at the top. Well, and hang on, MJF only wrestles like once every four months, anyways, dude. So yeah, I I thought they really. It, it seems like it wasn't almost uh, AEW booking to make that Punk. Uh, MJF match seemed to happened really fast. It it seems like. Yeah, I mean. I thought they were going to draw that. I'm out sure a they're longer. going to. It's just they that are I don't going really to. It's know. not over yet, man. We have a, in our minds. We have a roadmap for the years of, uh, you know, New Japan and for WWE. I don't. I haven't quite nailed that roadmap for AEW. So it's not like, oh well, they're going to drag the MJF thing to SummerSlam or whatever. There's we don't have that kind of. Uh, it seems like they do, in a way, have a pay-per-view quality dynamite once a month. They do, and they have like. their special shows, uh, their special dynamite shows. Yeah, yeah, it totally reminds you of like a way that uh, WCW Jim Crockett was in the 80s. Yeah, um, well, we'll see what is like. I mean, Revolution is a month away now, so... Um, We'll see. They already they have the poster with uh, CM Punk right in the middle of it, but who knows what that means? So uh, pretty pretty interesting there. Um, moving on to some other news. AEW is interesting in signing Keith Lee. No surprise uh, there, I love right? Keith Lee, but I don't know where they would what they would do with him. Well, I mean, do you think that's for like any good wrestler that they would sign at this point, or? I think everyone that's not WWE should be interested in Keith Lee. But it's one of those things where, like, do you want or need him? Yeah. Um, I think Keith Lee would benefit from maybe going to uh, New Japan Strong would be a great place for him. Yeah. You know, Keith Lee is 37. Um, um, yeah. Um, and maybe... I would love to see him and Jonah. That would be fun. I'd love to see him with a lot of those so, uh, New Japan Strong guys. Um, I was going to say Brody King, yeah, but he's an AEW make now. His, well, you know what, though? He could uh, meet him at PWG or you know, New Japan Strong, because I'm sure Brody King's still going to be doing those as well. So Yeah. I think a similar... He could sign with AEW and, you know, swing around. He could just be one of those tweener guys that does AEW Impact in New Japan. That's why I think he's best splitting his time, not just being full-time mm. uh, AEW. Okay, okay. Oh, and uh, sorry, I didn't... Okay, I have a little more about that Furbin Door thing. That is going to be on Dynamite this Wednesday. That, uh, yeah, a, a, a top wrestler will walk through the Furbin Door. Be careful on that one because you remember when... Uh, Tony Khan said, we're having a world-breaking announcement tonight of a blah, blah, blah. And then it was like the FT, it was, it was the FTW title. And it's oh, like, uh, we'll see. 
It's he's gonna get the ECW. He's gonna get Matt Cardona or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then a little kind of uh, Kenny Omega and Osprey feuding on Twitter, which is kind of cute. You see that? Kenny Omega and Osprey. I mean, that that's a match that would. Oh. Love, I would love, we got to see at some point in the next. I would see that's got to be if they're having one of these stadium shows, and and that can happen. That's got to be on the card. It's kind of funny because Will Osprey posts something that said the chase begins, and it's a picture of Kenta Kabashi. No, it's it's a picture of Kenta Kobashi, Misawa, Okada, and Omega. And Omega says, keep sending your fan cam footage of your zero-pressure indies and you might just pull it off. I would do the same for some easy fives, but I understand the difference between what an Arena Dome Budokan main event means compared to when you play with your mates a few blocks over at your call. So, a little fake feud there. Um... Which kind of, he's referring to the match at your call. Now, I talked to you about this recently, and uh, I didn't watch it yet, and I'm so sad. I want to watch it. I'll probably watch it after we talk, but uh, you don't know anything about Michael Oku, by the way, who went against it. I've heard the name, but um, I've never seen him. Yeah, a uh, British wrestler, um, and uh, the match looks like it could be really great. They're saying it's... I heard it's like a late 70s-style match, oddly enough, and that there's not that much high-flying in it. So um, there's a lot of, like... I heard it was good. ...girls screaming, good. like, and then, you know, other characters coming it's out. It's like 47 minutes, Is though. it 47 minutes? Yeah, it's a well, long... Well, the really long. cool thing about it is... And a lot of Osprey being an absolute dick and heel. So. Yeah, I've heard the heel work was good. I, I mean, yeah. Meltzer yeah, said me the heel work is like he even said like oh MJF wishes he could do heel work this good which was crazy to me I I remember thinking like really that's that seems intense well you know um, Osprey um, you know we've heard it like oh he I mean I'm not like I know we texted about it earlier but apparently he had a really good match um, with Brian Cage and. I think Brian Cage is a little bit better wrestler than people give him credit for, and I think he's got he he does a lot of he's got a lot he's a great athlete, um, but you know Will Osprey is being one of those guys where he could just take anyone to a great match. You know? Yeah, and Will Osprey is um, like in his prime himself. and like even getting better too, which yeah, is right. And this is a guy that's only in his mid twenties. Yeah, I think is he not um, in his late twenties now. Is he really that young? Probably 27, Yeah, yeah, something like that. He's pretty young. He, he, but it... 26. Look, I don't mean to sound like an old man, but I, st- I still remember, like, Okada is only 28, and now he's, like, 34 or something. He's <laughs> 35. It's like, fuck, what happened? Which is not... That was six years ago, yeah. so... <laughs> um, but yeah. he is he is 28, um, so, yeah. Uh, Will Osprey. Yeah. Very so young, yeah. So, um Definitely, uh, I I recommend that match, even though I haven't seen it, guys. Um, it's Rev Rev Pro, and for the New Japan fans out there, you got Yota Suji versus Shota Umino, and you drew a picture of Yota Suji from that event. I yeah. did. I did. I don't know if it was from that. I'm event, pretty sure it was, was dude. To, sometimes. One of the more challenging things for me to do sometimes is like when I want to draw someone is finding a good picture of them to draw. So um, it, it makes it very difficult. So I had to kind of guess, piece it together because 
a lot of these promotions. I know that New Japan has a problem of just not having updated the high quality renders, especially for young lions. Get uh, they don't get those uh, um, updated shots of people in like their new gear kind of personas. Uh, Okada's wearing you know when you see the matchup uh, graphic, it's Okada with his outfit from two years ago or whatever. You you know, quick recommendation, man. You can always follow like wrestling weekly or whatever on Instagram, whatever the Japanese magazine is for pro wrestling, because dude, they have like all the photographers right there in the ring. You know what I mean? Cause you see the photographers scrambling down there at every new Japan event. Like that's those guys. Well, uh, let me find it magazine? real quick on Instagram, um, because if I'm logged in on uh, my, I am logged in here, so let me find it here because it always, uh, n- not now. Okay, we'll see if anything is posted here. Oh, and I see your picture here of Yoda Tsuji, already with 13 likes. Good job, man. Um, so hey, just saying, you just posted it like a little bit ago, right? That's true. So it's yep. weekly pro re- weekly underscore pro underscore wrestling. That's right. Uh, weekly. Oh, I see. I already oh, follow okay. It. Yeah, they they. I, if you ever go to their thing, like they just have all sorts of. I think they follow me. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Out of they the 618 me. people, they follow you. Well, it's possible they saw your drawings and stuff, so. but. They are cool because they've got like recent pictures and old pictures and no, I don't. They don't. I thought and they every from every different promotion. Mm. You know, I'm looking at here. There's a picture of Shinsuke Nakamura on top of uh, Okada's back. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to look for them for subjects then. You you might sure. have to browse through them though because there's a lot of old pictures. A lot of old pictures. That's so. fine. I might want some old ones. Um, I had you know it's funny. We mentioned this because, like, randomly this week, I had Joey Janela start following me. That's awesome. And I'm like, well, I sh- probably should draw a picture of Joey Janela. Now, did he actually notice it? And I did, and he did. He did. Sweet. He retweeted it on Twitter, and he he um, put it in his story on uh, Instagram. Thank you, Joey Janela. By the way, I heard Joey Janela was considering yeah, going to NXT. I'm like, don't do it, bro. Just don't do it. I, I, I like Joey Janela a lot, and you know what? He's low key one of the bigger guys on the indies. I don't really think he needs to get a single contract. And I thought when AEW had to, you know, let, I don't know if they let him go or his contract ran out. I don't really. I think he can, you know, he does his spring break, and I think he has established himself on the indies to be able to, you know, be on his own. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Oh, that was, I guess that can fit into uh, quote-unquote news. So, yeah, man, um, anything else you want to tell the fans? We got our info out there. We talked about stardom. Talked a little Royal Rumble, which probably we talked about as much as it deserves. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it broke our heart this year. We put dedicated a whole show to it and deserved it, you know, the history and all that What, what stuff. are you looking forward to um, coming up here? This- um, looking forward to, you know, actually maybe getting into stardom and diving into stardom a little bit. Um, looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to New Japan mm-hmm. kind of loosening up and 
coming over here a little bit and uh should be an exciting uh late spring early summer well they've got that uh that that uh junior title match coming up too which looks pretty exciting Wado and Desperado. Is that what it is? Wado and Desperado? Yeah. Desperado? Yeah. I'm looking here. We've got... Uh, 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 this looks interesting, dude. A Never Championship Lumberjack... No, okay, never mind. I thought it was Shingo. It's it's Ishii versus Evil in a Lumberjack match. That sounds like shit. So uh, forget about that Lumberjack match because it's going to be all Bullet Club guys on the outside. So, poor evil, e- just totally done. One of the mo- most popular guys in New Japan, and now people. I w- just, and well, I guess there's still there's a lot of people that wear House of Torture stuff. Who, um, in the crowds, I think domestically they're a little popular, um, okay. but obviously, um, not here. And you know they took a. I mean, Evil wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but he had a cool entrance and a, you know, the, the, a pretty cool look. Mm. And they just kind of, yeah. Well, well, look, dude. He was never champion, right? He never held up those both those belts. That never did happen, right? I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. I never remember anything like yeah. that. Um, I don't remember being shocked in my room and just wondering what the fuck was going on with my life and thinking I was in an alternate reality. But, uh, yeah, we got February 19th. You got the uh, Sonata versus Tanahashi. That should be pretty good. Um, And then, uh, yeah, you're going to get your Naito-Okada match uh, the uh, day after on the 20th, and that should be fucking awesome. So, some stuff. Should be awesome. Some stuff. Um, I... And I think uh, Tanahashi will be able to carry Sonata to a good match. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is Tanahashi, dude. That dude really don't. But I would really like, I mean, I know we've kind of bashed Sonata here and there on this podcast. Another guy that appreciates my art and has featured it. So I don't want to, I'm just, uh, you know, I appreciate that. But would really like to see him. Uh, it seems like whenever he gets one of these chances at having a big semi-main singles match or main event singles match, he hasn't always performed the way he should. So hopefully he does it this time. It's with a coin toss, but it is um, Tanahashi, dude. Yeah, and we'll see a classic Okada Naito yeah. match. And um, I think, you know, of course, I really think we'll see Okada defend. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but- we'll, we'll go into more of that. We'll maybe we'll do some more previews. Talk, when talk a little closer. more about that. But, and um, uh, but it's it mix. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily means Naito is never going to be at the top again, but no. um, it could. It's exciting, though, and then, like I said, uh, breaking news here, that Forbidden Door will be open on Wednesday. Well, hopefully he pays off on that, and it's actually cool, and it's not... I My instinct is Jay White, but, you know, we'll see. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Jay White's sitting there and needs something to do, um, or it could be, you know... A Tanahashi coming over with the U.S. Title. In all honesty, we'll probably find out who it is before then, anyways. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening. If you stayed all the way through the episode, I hope you learned a little something about stardom. And uh, we can't wait to be back with you guys real soon. So, um, yeah. Anything else, Justin? All right. That's all I all got. Right. Have a good night, everybody, and uh, well, good week or whatever when this shows up, and interact with us.
We told you where to follow at the beginning of the show. Refer back to at in ring art and uh, wrestling and podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, wrestling and pod on Instagram. Exactly. So, all right, you guys. Well, we will uh, talk to you guys later. Bye bye.